0: Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture, with me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello English learners, welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael and hopefully I can be your teacher for today. I am answering a listener audio question today all about B2 level and how to kind of surpass that kind of B2 intermediate level and get to an advanced level. This is a problem that the majority of my learners have faced and I have faced as well, and I think it's going to be a good one. If you need an extra hand listening to me today, you're always welcome to gain access to the transcripts by becoming a transcript member on Level Up English. And you can do this at levelupenglish.school transcripts. And if you unlock the page, you will have access to all of the past and future transcripts over there. So it's really good if you want to kind of read what I'm saying while I'm saying it. The last thing I want to kind of mention or advertise today are my group study lessons. So again, these are starting in June, 2021. The first kind of batch of them are going to be five lessons throughout June and then maybe one week in July. And basically, we're going to be studying from a common English textbook, but I'm going to kind of take the content and convert it into my special PowerPoints and make it suitable for a Zoom class. So if you want to learn with a group, I think there's so many benefits to group learning and it's a great way to improve all aspects of your English with a group and with me as well. It's something I've never done before, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this. So I hope you are as well. And space is limited. There's only so many spaces I can accept. So if you want to join, now would be a good time. If you want to join the group lessons, you could try it out just this first time, then you can go to ewmichael.com slash group study. That's group study. Okay, so I am answering a very, very nice audio message I got. And this is from Rahad in Yemen. I hope I pronounced the name kind of okay. But okay, I'll play her audio message now because it was a really good one.
1: Hello, Michael, and hi for all your listeners. If you're going to share this audio, hope you're all having a good day. Well, I'm really excited because I really love this podcast. And also, I wanted to do something out of my comfort zone because I don't usually speak in English in front of others. So thank you for this opportunity. Well, I have two questions for you. The first one is, what is the B2 level from your point of view? And the second thing is, well, my level in English is B2. But sometimes when I watch elementary lessons, I still learn new things from them, like new vocabulary, which confused me in a way. (laughs) So, yeah, the question is, how can I take my English to the next level? Because sometimes I feel like I'm stuck with the same level. Thank you. Okay,
0: thank you very, very much for that kind audio message. Um, Basically, she said she wanted to do something out of her comfort zone because she doesn't usually speak in English. And I just want to say, I find that very hard to believe because your English is fantastic, first of all. (laughs) But summarize the two questions. The first one is, what is the B2 level from my point of view? And the second one was basically how to kind of progress to the next level? And I thought this is a good topic to answer because I'm sure many people have the same problem. So first of all, let's address the first question. What is the B2 level? So what these levels mean, first of all, we've got A1, A2, which are kind of like the beginner levels, B1, B2, which are intermediate, and then C1 and C2, which are the advanced levels. And this is the common European framework of reference for languages. So it's, it's a really common way to kind of measure where you are in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in any language really. And yeah, B2 is a difficult one. So if you look at the actual definition online of what B2 is, they say people can understand the main ideas of complex text on both concrete and abstract topics including technical discussions in your field of specialization so that's pretty challenging right you know you can't talk about every kind of academic topic but if something you kind of specialize in you can talk about it you can interact with people with a degree of fluency and spontaneity that kind of means you don't have to plan much in the in the beforehand You can talk quite spontaneously, quite suddenly. And talking with native speakers is quite easy and it's not really a strain for either party. It's quite easy for you to talk with someone. It also says you can produce clear, detailed text on a wide range of subjects and explain your viewpoint on issues, giving the kind of advantages and disadvantages of different options. So, that's, that's a kind of technical uh, definition. If you want the kind of exams, if you've taken an exam before, B2 in the IELTS exam is apparently about like 5.5 to 6. Um, if you've taken TOEIC, it's somewhere between 785 to 940. On Cambridge, it would be 160 to 179. And on TOEFL, it would be seventy-two to ninety-four. So if you if you've kind of taken those exams, you're somewhere in there. You might be a B two. Although exams are not always the best way to find out, because you know exam scores don't reflect always. They don't always reflect your real skill. You know you can easily, well I won't say easily, but many people can get a high score in an exam, but then just be quite terrible at speaking to someone. Um, Ollie Richards, who I had before on this podcast, uh, has a good definition. I believe he said a B2 level is someone who can kind of go to the pub, go to the bar and have a conversation with people on most topics quite comfortably. And it's not difficult for any person. It's quite comfortable to have a conversation. You're not having to ask them to repeat themselves. But yeah, I would just say here that don't worry too much about levels because it it really doesn't matter. Um, I think people generally just use it as a way to compare themselves to others. So I think focusing too much on levels will often just make you feel disappointed. And, you know, I'm saying this because it's my experience too. You can study for years and yet your level is the same, even though you've actually improved a lot. So for me, I'm really stuck in this place of my Japanese, somewhere around the B levels, I've studied for years, and if I compare myself to the European framework, I haven't really increased, but I know I have improved a lot um, in more subtle ways, in confidence, in vocabulary. But yeah, I recommend um, don't worry about your level, just kind of worry about your personal progress. Um, It doesn't need to have a level, usually. But okay, let's respond to the second question. So the second one was, my level is B2, but sometimes when I watch elementary lessons, I still learn new things and they confuse me. So how can I take my English to the next level? I feel like I'm stuck and that's a common problem. So it sounds to me like you're at some kind of intermediate plateau. A plateau is like a flat, high piece of land. So you're not kind of going up anymore. You're kind of stuck, not improving. And this affects people at different levels. You know, for some people that might be low intermediate, for others, it might be high intermediate. And the reason why this intermediate plateau exists, I think, is because 80% of the words we use in everyday speech are very, maybe it's just 20% of vocabulary. You know, it's a very limited amount of words. So you don't come across many new words because you've learned the important ones. And when you do learn new words, maybe you're studying a more advanced topic, you may not see them again for a long time because they're not everyday words. So that makes it really hard to remember things. So you have to try a bit harder. And as I said before, my Japanese has been here for so, so long. But I've seen a lot of improvement recently through more immersion. So I'm going to give some tips now of how you can do that. So first of all, just focus on what you love and do it in English. This is important at any stage, but I think especially when you get to this intermediate level, don't think of it so much as study, perhaps. Just focus on what you love doing. What do you love to do in your life? How can you kind of involve English in that? Get creative. Think of all the things you can do. Now, I've mentioned it a little bit before about immersion on a previous episode, so that would be a good one to listen to. I would also suggest considering ditching the study books. You know, Ditching means leaving behind, abandoning. So, study books are useful and especially useful when you are a beginner. But in my opinion, when you get more advanced, they become less useful. And I think it's more important just to have authentic material, authentic, practice with the language. And that could be conversations, listening, uh, video games, you know, recipes in English, whatever it is that you like. Just kind of try to get as much English in your life as you can. It's also a good time to consider about, to consider changing your routine. This is kind of connected to that point. So it's really important, I think, to be consistent and focus whatever you're doing, you know, keep doing it again and again and again. Don't keep changing. Having said that, if you have been doing the same routine for many, many months and you feel like you're not improving, just change it, you know, give it a change and try it for a month, 30 days, see how it goes. And this is something that I've done recently. So to give you an example, this is going to lead into my next point as well. I was at this point in my Japanese where I felt like I wasn't improving. And I looked at what I was doing in my routine and I wasn't really speaking that much. So these days, my routine is changing. I'm speaking several times a week. I'm having conversations. I'm listening. I'm talking to myself. I'm writing a diary every day. I'm doing a lot more authentic practice and speaking in most days. And that's really made a difference already. My confidence has improved. I've learned a lot more. So that could be something you consider as well. You know, if you're not speaking on a regular basis, it's very hard to improve. So really find a way to speak with someone. And that could be a language partner. It could be even in my group lessons. You know, there's another shout out for my lessons. Yeah. Also remember that you have worked so, so hard to get to this level. You've put many hours, in maybe years, in to get to where you are now. So now, this is where the fun stuff can happen. This is what all of your countless hours of study have worked up to, worked up towards. So you you can forget about the boring aspects of study. You can forget about sitting down with a grammar book, and now you can explore your passions. So it's really, really exciting. You know. This could be discussing your hobbies with someone and sharing your views. You know, rethink your method and, and make it fun in whatever way you can. So at the beginning, you know, you're learning a language just for learning. You're studying the grammar, you're studying words. When you get to an intermediate level, this is where you can do stuff that you like. Yeah, so make it as fun as you can and don't limit yourself. There's there's no one way to learn a language. You can get creative. Another one which I'm hearing more and more about these days is reading. So more reading. And this is also good for vocabulary because it helps you learn new vocabulary, maybe even new grammar while you're reading as well. Again, I spoke about this before in a reading episode. I also spoke about it. I think it was episode 105 with Ollie Richards. He has a great series of reading books. I really think a daily reading practice is something that everyone should have in a language. And it's also a really good way to get comfortable not knowing the meaning of words and guessing them from context. And this is something that native speakers do as well. And also, this is a reason why people who are stuck on the plateau can feel so sad. You know, you come up, you feel like you've You've invested so much time into your learning, but yet when you're reading, there's still so many things that you don't understand. Like, why do I understand this word? I should know it. I should be better than this. But no one knows all the words, of course, and it's a good practice to kind of see a word and don't feel bad that you don't know it because there's so many words, it's impossible to know them all. But maybe guess from context. Oh, I wonder what this means. Let's, Let's find out. So it's a lot of benefits from reading. And then the next stage of this is basically when you can use your vocabulary in your speaking. So what I've been doing recently is I've been reading blog posts on my hobbies recently. So yeah, once again, to reference the previous episode, uh, when I spoke to Ollie Richards, he gave some fantastic advice and even stuff that it had an effect on me too. So he basically said, if you find it enjoyable, that's much more important than the difficulty of the text. So I took that advice and I did an experiment. I've been reading about Stoicism in Japanese. And if you listen to an episode a few episodes back, a few weeks ago, you might know a little bit about Stoicism because I spoke about it there. But yeah, this is a complex philosophy. And as you can imagine, in a second language, it's very difficult. But I was reading about it and it went okay. I learned a lot of new words um, connected to the topic, but then I spoke about this with my Japanese teacher and I was able to practice the words that I learned and cement them into my long-term memory. So practicing what you learn is a really good way of helping them stay in your head. So I think a combination of reading and speaking is one of the best things you can do. And speaking about what you read, it could could just be like a quick five-minute summary with your teacher or your partner, and it's a really good way to remember. The last thing I want to mention, another thing that I'm trying more recently, is something called language islands. Language islands. This is a really interesting concept, and I think it was originally, the term originally came from Boris... Schechtman. That's a hard name to pronounce, but maybe I got it kind of right. And anyway, he said, a language island is a small but very well memorised, much practised and frequently used monologue. So as far as I understand it, basically the idea is not to jump around from topic to topic. So let's say you have a weekly language lesson in English every lesson you talk about something different. So you go from the environment, then you go to space travel, then you go to philosophy, then you go to hobbies, and you're moving from topic to topic. But the downside of this is your vocabulary is changing every time, and you're not allowing the words you practice to consolidate and stick in your mind. So the idea of an island is to stick on one island for some time, so maybe spend a few weeks focusing on one topic. You could talk about, let's say if you're more beginner, talk about hobbies. You spend a few lessons talking about hobbies. You read about hobbies. You get all this vocabulary. Like it could be like the phrasal verb to take up, take up sports. I mean, start a new hobby. Give up, you know, stop a hobby, give up a hobby. You're learning all these words. Then when you're confident, then you can move to a nearby island. So you switch from hobbies to could be, you know, video games, which is maybe connected to your hobbies. So kind of don't keep jumping around from topic to topic because that might hinder your ability to memorise. My final kind of reminder, I suppose, is as you improve, as you get higher up that kind of language level ladder, you have to spend more time in the language to improve. So when you're a beginner you can study for five minutes every day and you can like double what you know. And I'm doing this with my Cornish language at the moment. I just spend five minutes a day learning and I'm learning so much every day because I don't know anything. Anything I learn is new to me, basically. So what I learned today was maybe 5% of my knowledge of the whole language, right? But when you get to an intermediate level, if you use the same time as when you were a beginner, you're not going to improve. Let's be blunt about it, right? So as you increase from beginner to intermediate, you might even have to double or triple the time you spend on the language. And this becomes even more true when you're going from intermediate to advanced. You have to spend even more time on the language. I know that sounds scary, but the good thing is it doesn't have to be sat down at a desk. As I mentioned before, spending time in the language could be going to a restaurant where they speak English, talking to them in English. It could be meeting people, it could be listening, video games, whatever you like, you know, do it in English, but just do a lot more than you did before. Have confidence that you can get through the intermediate plateau, be positive, and I'm sure it will pay off in the long run. Hopefully that was helpful. Again, this is something that I'm struggling with myself and i kind of giving you the stuff that I'm seeing success with and I've heard other people say. Hopefully that's useful. So let me know what tip was your favorite there. I just want to thank one person who left me a review and this is a special person because this is Shintaro from Japan and I was very happy to see this review because I've actually had a few lessons with him. So I met him on Zoom and his kind of passion for English and his level of English is is really, really good. So yeah, thank you to you for leaving that review. But yeah, he said, quite an informative podcast to learn how to improve your English skill and how to get into learning a new language. Also, I'd love to mention the host, Michael, is pretty meticulous and a friendly person to talk with and definitely recommend his English lessons as well. I promise... I didn't ask him to say that, I promise, but <laughs> that was really kind of you. So, thank you very much. I am open for lessons at the moment, but yeah, space is very limited. So, I can't promise it will be that way for a long time. But yeah, thank you so much for that review. And yeah, just one final quote from my English Instagram page, just to give you a little bit of inspiration for the week, hopefully. And this is from Thomas. Caruthers, something like that, I suppose. And he said, "A teacher is one who makes himself progressively unnecessary." Yeah. So that's my job. I have to be more and more unnecessary, right? So what what do you think about that one? You, know, on the one hand, I think a language is a kind of a long, a long-term project. You know, it's a lifelong project learning a language. But on the other hand, a teacher's goal should be to be unnecessary, right? if I'm doing my job correctly, hopefully that means one day you don't need me anymore. Although that does make me sad because I don't want to say goodbye to students, but I don't know. What do you think about that one? Anyway, let's leave it there today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, if you want to leave an audio message, I would love to have your voice, your beautiful voice on my podcast. So you can leave a message if you go to levelupenglish.school slash podcast, and there's a chance to leave an audio or written message, but you know, audio is much nicer. Okay, thanks so much for today and I will see you next time. Bye-bye for now. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.